are you looking to start a podcast like this? Anchor makes it super easy to get started with recording and automatically distributing your podcast to the most popular platforms all for free. You can create podcasts from your phone, computers, or bring in pre-recorded episodes and overlay them with free background tracks. Make money easily with no minimum listenership requirement. It is the podcast platform for all. Download the free app today from your app stores or go to anchor.fm to get started. Morning, good afternoon, good evening. How are you doing today? Welcome to another episode of This Dev Life. If you're just coming for the very first time listening to this podcast, welcome and thank you for coming. If this is not your first time, thank you very much for coming back. Today on the show, I have an exciting guest and a very exciting topic, especially for software engineers, managers, and anyone that thinks around it, you know? It's a developer show, talking about developer life, challenges we face, and today, the topic is not actually about developer life, maybe kind of in a way. We have today joining us from Accra, Ghana, Frank Udum talking about software engineering ethics. Mr. Frank, how are you doing today? Hey, hello, Dara. I'm doing great. You? I'm doing well. I'm doing really good. It's a very bright, beautiful day, 21 degrees. Uh, <laughs> hottest the year so far. Which <laughs> okay. is really exciting. Good for you. I'm around yeah. so, uh, 30 degrees Celsius around here. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. You enjoy it. <laughs> Summer is already here. Then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, Mr. Frank, let's actually get to meet you first before we delve into the discussion for the day. Who is Frank? Okay, so a bit, uh, a small background about Frank. Um, I'm, a, I'm a software engineer and um, currently I'm more into consulting. So what I do on a daily basis is I try and <clears throat> I help people, you know, build their yeah, software. So basically, all I do is I gather client requirements, and I have a, an awesome team I work with. Then once I get the requirements, we try and transform those requirements to exactly what the client needs. So um, usually, I'm more involved lately in managing the teams I work with than actually you know writing most of the code myself but i came from a, a very strong software development background development background and i also did a bit of finance um, um, as well so mostly what we do build are mostly business applications and um, software for startups so like startup founders if you have your idea and you probably want to build your 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 startup and you don't need you don't have a technology team to help you build that so what i do is i come in and i work with founders like that and i give them the team i manage a team and at the end of the day their goal is to build that product or that dream product for that founder so usually these are the things that i'm involved in on my daily basis aside community work and being a dad yeah <laughs> yeah the dad part is the <laughs> check check part for me <laughs> yeah yeah uh so you write code well not so much anymore you manage coders now we're having this interesting discussion around uh what developers or programmers engineers whatever you call yourself should be and how they should be i cited this example of someone well i was 
looking for some remote roles at that time and then someone reached out to us okay dara i want you to go to an interview I'm like, okay cool interview remote job fine we'll be earning lots of dollars and i was like okay but you're not going as dara you're going as me I'm like dude that is impersonation yeah i could literally go and say okay yes this is this guy we'll probably have the same accent so i'll just pass the interview for you and then you get the gigs you give me the money we shower court everybody goes their way happy the other but i couldn't just do it the fact that my christian aside are the fact just just doesn't sound like something that was acceptable just morally to do for me and coincidentally around that time you made that tweet that okay uh, what do you think are outsourcing engineers? Then I started and I was like, dude, we cannot just talk about this between ourselves or just give it to Twitter. I was like, okay, let's come on the show and actually talk about this. And listeners will be talking about software engineering. So if you're a programmer, programmer manager, software engineer, senior software developer, senior software engineer, anything that has to do around coding, we'll be talking about that the what are the ethics that should actually guide you. Actually, I didn't know these things actually existed until we had that chat. I was like, okay. We could actually have a talk around this. So I'm going to hand the mic and the show all over to you now to talk all about software engineering ethics. What should guide a software engineer as they write code every day? Over to you. Okay, great. So this <clears throat> this is a, a very interesting topic and um, it's something that has really um, sparked a lot of uh, my interest because um, coming from, I mean, or even though I'm still in the engineering background, there are a lot of things that um, are being done that sometimes we don't know are the right or wrong things. So sometimes we fall victim to, you know, certain things, right? So I have been doing a lot of research in other um, aspects of engineering, which is not just the coding or the other aspect, the, the usual stuff, but looking at delving into things like ethics, what is actually right in terms of software engineering and what is wrong. Um, so what I have for my presentation today is just to break down the whole profession that we are into as engineers and as developers and to see what we, we need to do, right? So every profession needs to be guided by some ethics, right? So if you look at um, professions like medicine, right, medicine has certain ethics behind it. So as a doctor, there are things you can do and things you can't do right and when you do that don't there are certain sanctions that come to it right so as engineers um we we have also set uh, we have similar responsibilities as software developers so we should also be aware that there are certain things we 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 we, we can't do right and there are certain things we can do but the problem i've seen so far is that the can't do's for us don't really have any direct sanctions or implications so we sometimes tend to just look over it or just you know you know just brush it to the side so the goal of today's presentation is to just delve into some of these things and you know have a discussion on it and from now on after the presentation we get to know okay as a software engineer what am i supposed to do and what i'm not supposed to do and one clear distinction i'll be making is the difference between a software engineer and a developer and coder as well so most of us don't know there's actually a distinction right so um i'll just go straight into it so we are talking about software engineering ethics um me being a a, a, a teacher you know i would like to break certain things down before i get straight into the topic so first of all let's look at what engineering is so if you look at some of the definitions of 
engineering, you come across things like uh, use of scientific principles to design and build things like machines, structures, software, or other items. So whatever, whether it's a bridge, a tunnel road, I mean, once you are using a scientific approach to that, you can call that engineering, right? So if that is engineering, then who is an engineer? So that's the next thing I'd like to get into. An engineer basically is um, a problem solver. So somebody who organizes, communicates, or designs, right? So someone has all these skills to perform the engineering task, right? So we looked at the definition of, of engineering. So somebody who can understand and put uh, follow scientific principles to arrive at a goal. So that's one engineer is. Now before, <clears throat> before um, the whole talk about software engineering, right? we're just building we're just developing where we're doing coders just developers just building stuff you know i'm sure writing assembly or Kobol or pascal whatever it is back in the days then we realized that the or the industry realized that there was a big problem and what was that problem the problem was that most of the the uh, there was an issue of bad quality right in the end product or in whatever we build there was poor quality in the software that was being presented so then they decided that no let's just look back into it what are we getting wrong then they realized that no we need to take a different approach to the way we build software so that's when the whole discussion on software engineering came about so initially there was a problem of projects failing because um, they couldn't meet timeline projects failing because um, um, they over exceeded budgets projects failing because developers or coders were not you know building a certain way there was no maintenance there was no testing so now there were the, there was a discussion around software engineering okay so let's look at what software engineering is so software engineering basically is just the detailed study of um, engineering to designing developing and maintaining of software right so as you can see um, it's a scientific process, okay? So I'm um, said that the software engineering was introduced because of low quality in software products or software projects and budgets were being exceeded and I mean there was there was uh, just um, a poor process in how we're building software. So now um, the industry came about with software engineering and through that we introduced the software development lifecycle, right? Which is part of engineering. Okay, so now we developers or we coders now are taking a scientific approach to how software is being built. Okay, so the software development lifecycle is just a series of stages in software engineering to develop a proposed software. Okay, then we have the various stages. Um, we might not pre um, delve deep into what SDLC is, but we have various stages like requirements gathering, feasibility study, system analysis, software design, then coding. So as you can see, coding itself is part of the software engineering process. So as I said, we are going to actually establish the, the difference between the two. Then we have testing. And in other areas, you can look at stuff like integration and operation maintenance and disposition, etc. So what it means is that software or development has now taken a scientific approach, meaning that you don't just get up and just build the software, right? We need to go through a process. We need to first plan, we need to gather requirements, we need to design, um, we need to write our code, we need to test, 
tests very important we need to test and we need to maintain we maintain because um the software the 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 software environment keeps changing uh, frameworks change operating systems change um, protocols change right so meaning that whatever software that you have built today probably might not last the time of tomorrow so you need to be able to maintain or constantly iterate over the life cycle to make sure that you deliver um, software that is current okay so now that uh, we've talked about the scientific approach which has which is the software engineering itself that's going through all these sdlc processes to arrive at software the problem this is to solve is what was created in the beginning which was software was poorly built because it wasn't probably tested um, exceeded budget because nobody drew timelines and all that so that's what the scientific approach was actually brought in to solve so um one thing we need to also establish is that anytime we see engineering anywhere right we need to understand that it's a discipline so if you call yourself an engineer for that matter you need to understand that it's a discipline right and it's also a scientific process so if you call yourself a software engineer and just haphazardly building software without testing it doesn't make you an engineer because you are just writing code and you're just shipping it out you are not testing it so it doesn't make you an engineer you need to go through the thorough scientific process of building a software so now um, I mentioned the distinction between um, I think the programmers or coders and the engineers so let's look at the difference so basically a software uh, a programmer is is like more like more like a primary activity it's it's more of targeted to one thing okay let's say um, we are building a software you need to deliver this feature the programmer just picks it and he just delivers it right but an engineer is more involved in the complete process okay so programming is just one aspect of software it's just one aspect of actually the whole software engineering process okay it's just one aspect so who does the requirements gathering who does all the other processes that we talked about so the software engineering itself encompasses you know or it's more like a, a superset and programming is just like a subset uh, because mind you when we are building software we are building software for people um, and all that we'll look at when we look at the ethics so the the we need to be sure that whatever we are building um is usable by people and i mean we build up solutions for people most of the time or even if you are writing it for probably a machine to use or whatever at the end of the day it should be able to meet its requirements okay so the whole idea of just writing code and the whole idea of writing code that works for a particular purpose also is able to distinguish the difference between the two so first of all we need to know that a software engineer is involved in the complete process and programming is just one process of the software development lifecycle, right? And um, as a software engineer, um, you need to be able to have like good communication skills because um, in terms of things like requirements gathering, it has to do with communicating with people and actually understanding what exactly they want and being able to deliver what they want, okay? Not just writing the code so you can write code but efficient code or code that is very useful is code that you can write for people to use 
right if you write a code and only the machine understands it and people cannot use it you might not probably have not you might probably not have achieved your your goal as an engineer um so knowing now that we understand what the software engineering process is and uh, the whole profession around software engineering now let's look at ethics so what guides a software engineer as an engineer what are you supposed to do okay now um i'm going to take this from um there's a body called association of uh, computing machinery committee right now they have professional ethics that guides um software engineering so i'm going to share the acm's quote also with the, the, the host so that um yeah, we can you know make it available to everybody okay so let's quickly go to it now the reason why we are looking at software engineering ethics is because we need to understand that our job or our duty is a professional practice okay it's a professional practice now it means that whatever we are doing we need to execute it as professionals we are not just um, doing what we do but we are professionals so if you look at other disciplines like accounting they have the chartered accountants and all that it's a profession okay so engineering itself we need to see software engineering also as a profession now once we understand that we need to know that um, as engineers we need to commit ourselves to the software de uh, software design uh, development life cycle right which is analyzing specifying um, designing and development and testing and maintenance of software right so it means that once you call yourself a software engineer you should commit yourself to that scientific process which is that sdlc we've talked about so if you are watching me today and you are not practicing any of the items we have in the sdlc you are obviously missing something out so before you call yourself a software engineer you should make sure that you have all those items there checked now what acm is saying is that before you call yourself as a professional software engineer you need to be able to commit yourself to this scientific process it's very important commit yourself to the scientific process first so you need to understand that everything in a cycle is important you don't do one and forget it. you don't just build a software and say well let's test later when it it goes to production you know it's part of the process you need to also test that as well so now there are uh, um, there are eight points that the acm has um, developed to sort of like guide our profession right now i'm going to pick all these eight points and i'm going to briefly um explain them and we realize that at the end of the day there are certain things i'm sure we would have heard of before or there are certain things that have probably hit you or you've experienced before and now after this podcast you'll be able to say okay i probably shouldn't have done that or next time if it happens i'm probably not going to do that okay so now let's look at the first one the first one talks about public it says a software engineer shall act consistently consistently sorry with the public interest now acting with public interest is very simple what it means is that anything that you build first of all you have to accept full responsibility for your own work okay you need to accept full responsibility for your own work and you need to be able to um, in terms of public interest when you build any solution right 
it should favor public interest so you shouldn't build something that is against public interest or something that is going to harm uh, um, 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 the public okay so probably if you are supposed to build a software that is going to detonate a bomb somewhere that human lives are going to be affected once is not in public interest it means you should not venture in certain uh, certain practices okay so there are certain things you can also do that can affect um, the economy as a software engineer if you probably want to take down some service in a bank or in your central bank to disrupt the economy you are not supposed to do that because it's not in the public interest um, for that to happen um, so we should be able to avoid things like um, let's see um, any software that does not promote um, like human uh, positive human living okay so if you know you are building a software that is is actually going to deteriorate human life or is going to affect the environment in any way you should not engage in such software practices so basically it's more about public interest you should always have the public interest at hand and before that you should be able to take full responsibility of everything you do as an engineer so it's very important this is like the fundamentals you realize that all the points i'm going to talk about are just going to be relating back to public interest why is that the reason is because most of the software we build is going back to our environment people are going to use it it's mostly going to be used by people so at the end of the day people are very important as an engineer you need to understand that you are at service to people just like they tell the doctors you're actually at service to people right so the same thing as an engineer service all these softwares you are building are being used by people so you should be able to have people um, interest at hand is very very important so don't do anything that is going to um, prohibit human existence or is going to be negative in terms of the public eye okay so now let's look at the second the second principle the second principle talks about client and employer okay so they say says that software engineers shall act in manner that is in best interest of their client and employer consistent with public interest so you see public interest comes back here again this means that if you are pardon i said we're doubling back to public yes we are doubling back to public forward. interest so it means if you are working for someone right first of all that person is part of the public okay so that person has employed you you probably have a contract with the person you need to be able to abide by their rules in terms of how they are supposed to operate and how you are supposed to work you know into in your environment it's very important so as a software engineer you should be able to um, act in the best interest of your employer or your client or your employer's client consistent with public interest now we can't take away the concept of public interest because you can have an employer i can get up today and set up a company that uh, recruits engineers to probably hack banks or to build malicious software that hack banks it doesn't mean because i'm an employer and the software engineer ethics is saying um, um you should obey what your employer says and blah 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 it means that i should be able to carry out those tasks as an engineer i should know that if it's not in public interest then i should not you know 
um, I should not even listen to that employer because whatever he's employed me to do is unethical. It's very important. That means it's very unethical. So we should make sure that whatever we are doing for our employers and our clients is in constant uh, sync with public interest. Um, so we are looking also looking at things like um, being honest as an engineer um, about limitations, okay, and your experiences. I always say that if you're an engineer and you you are given a situation, it's not every situation you have an answer to. I've, uh, our company, what we do is we build bespoke software. So what it means is that we don't know what we are going to build tomorrow. Okay, somebody can come tomorrow and say, build me this, build me that, build me this, right? So what I first do is, first of all, look at the feasibility of the project. And I also look at the ethical side of the project. I'll share some um, experiences with you. Look at the ethical side of the project. Then I steadily check whether I have the skill set because I'm not the only one building, I have a team. I need to make sure that the team has a skill set to carry out this particular task. Now, if I know we don't have the skill set, I don't need to tell the customer, oh yeah, we can do it. You know, we charge you X amount. The customer is also happy and excited, pays. Then I go and sit down scratching my head and all my engineers are like, ah, we don't have knowledge in this stack that you brought to us, you know. At the end of the day, I'm going to waste someone's time and someone's budget. And we know that in engineering, all that process takes time, you know, and budget is also part of it. Time is a part of it. So at the end of the day, I'm supposed to make full disclosure of me not having knowledge in that technology. Now, this is how you can go about it as a professional. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know how to do this. I've not used this stack before. I could play around it and see how best I can come around it and solve the problem. Okay. Rather than saying that, yes, we can do it when we know you cannot do it. Okay. So there are certain projects that we've had that have told the customer, okay, we can just try and study. We've, we've never done a project like this before. That is the first disclosure. We haven't done a project like that before. So meaning that we don't have knowledge in it. So how do we get the knowledge in that project? If you are willing to give us time, we can go in, research, understand and build a POC. So we do a lot of POCs at my end. We build a proof of concept just for you to see that this is what we're able to come out with after studying the documentation, whatever you give to us. Are you okay with this? Now, if the client says, oh, I'm, I'm okay, you guys, are, I mean, this is exactly what I want. So you can go ahead. Then that is fine. But what if we went and we realized that, okay, we are not able to do it and probably it involves certain things that we are not invested in. We need to tell the client that, um, well, it's a nice project, but it um, looks like we don't have the skill set for that yet. So, I mean, uh, we will not be able to accommodate this project. It is good as a software engineer to always offer full disclosure. Now, on the other side, you are going for a job, right? And probably they ask you, you know, to do A, B, C, D, and you say yes, 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 yes. When probably you know you are not, you, you are not, you are not vested in that technology. It's better to say you don't and you can study it or you're a fast learner or you can adapt than to go and say you know it and when you get to a certain level in the recruitment where you get to probably the 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 the, the, the technical recruiter who probably gives you or poses a problem to you in the area you said you are good in which you've stated in your cv and now you'll be found wanted you know so engineers should not behave that way it's not it goes against our practice as engineers 
so other things are like when you are building for your employer and you are using third-party software you should make sure that that third-party software is obtained legally okay do not go and use a crack version of a software and your employer will not be um, will not be aware of it and you ship it in a client's project and the client is probably contacted by that vendor that hey we are suing you for you know cracking this software we realize you are using a crack version of this in your in your SaaS application you know so you should make all those things very fully disclosed um, if you are using a software that needs to be licensed you need to tell your employer that hey sir we need to buy the license for this product because it is not free and we cannot also crack because it's unethical so these are some of the things you need to do in terms of client and employer relationship okay so um let me just hammer on the last one promote the interest um adverse to client employer um in any case if we have a higher ethical concern being compromised right you need to inform your employer or the appropriate authority of that ethical concern so now that we are learning about ethics if there's any issue because there are certain ethical issues you'll be on that your employer might not know okay but you as an engineer can come out and say hey sir um this thing we are doing um doesn't it violate this patent or this you know and your boss might reconsider it and say oh wow i never knew you know so as an engineer you should always 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 be able to um express anything of higher ethical concern that is being compromised it's very important okay so let's move to products as engineers what do we build all we are building our products all these products we build we are building products and who is going to use the product mostly human beings right so a software engineer shall ensure that their product and their related modifications meet the highest i repeat the highest professional standard possible in particular software engineers shall um, do the following which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about so one of them is like strive for high quality this is very 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 important um, because we are saying engineering is now a scientific approach so the industry is like okay now let's go by a scientific approach to building software because we realized that the quality of software was very poor right so now that we are going by a scientific approach to build this product we need to always abide by the highest standards it's very important so when you are building something that you know that this thing is not built being built by best practice when you think as an engineer the first thing that concerns you is hey this thing we are doing it might go down or it might not scale you know you are building a solution that will not scale you know very well that this will not scale <laughs> instead of you to probably address the issue and build it according to best practice you are like oh let's just ship this to the client we'll think about it later you know we are not operating with the highest standards so we need to make sure that we always go with the best practices so i always encourage my team i always see that all these technologies we are using is being documented by the people that created it so as much as possible as an engineer you should be a good researcher so as a software engineer you should be able to maintain pe- uh, professional objectivity with respect to any software or related documents you are asked to evaluate so if you are evaluating any software or any document you should be able to 
um, have a personal objectivity with it, right? You should be able to sign off documents that you uh, you personally understand why you're signing off, and you shouldn't just you know sign off without any understanding. So personal judgment is very important, right? Um, in terms of um, you knowing even what is ethical and what is not ethical, you need to be able to um, once you understand what is ethical and unethical you need to be able to apply your judgment in any scenario or any um, use case that you find yourself in okay so um, you also need to disclose to all concerned parties um, conflict of interest and all uh, that can be avoided or escaped so as a good software engineer um, you should be able to disclose things of stuff like conflict of interest or any risk that can be avoided because risk and all that come in to what uh, increase the, 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 the lifespan of the, or the timeline of the project and also increase costs okay so as a, an individual professional as a, an engineer you need to be able to apply your personal judgment to certain things of this nature so that if you know there's going to be a risk if we go this route you should be able to say hey if we go this route you're going to have a risk or if we deploy the are we ready to deploy the application is it ready if you know the application is not ready you should be able to tell and say that hey we don't need to ship this now when we ship this now we are going to have an issue that's a clear case mm-hmm. of what happened with the MCAS software that was supposed to prevent um, airplanes from stalling right there was an internal issue with the, with the software but some certain engineers became unethical and decided to look over it and because their competitor was shipping out their product they also decided they also decided to just um, push this out right but there was an issue with the software internally that they were aware of okay so those engineers that had to probably based on their judgment and their ethics say hey we can't ship this product because we believe it's not ready and also it might endanger human lives right getting back to public interest right because there was no ethical practice what did they do they shipped the software in the in the planes they built the planes and they deployed them and it brought down two plane crashes and a whole lot of lives were lost so as engineers these are things that we need to do so we are not just building stuff or you know you build some small something small that will be used in a very big project in the future right so we should observe this don't say that oh i build only small projects so this doesn't affect me and all that it's good to build the habit now because you don't know when something you build to be used elsewhere or you don't know when you'll be called to build something that is big and will impact human lives right i I think it's even dangerous especially if it's open source Mm -hmm. because most people just go pick this open source and then they deploy this on ethical yeah. open source code in spacex or somewhere and then boom rockets keep blowing up <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly very good point so yeah so it could even be in the open source um, environment you build something if you don't uh, follow these practices and be ethical about it somebody can pick it as a trojan use it and another attacker can go through your software and you know get to wherever they have to get to so that's a very good point there. So yes, now let's look at the, the 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 fifth point. Now this is usually this is management, so goes to anybody managing or in a managerial position. So software engineering managers and leaders shall subscribe 
to and promote an ethical approach to the management of software development and maintenance. Um, in particular, those managing or leading software engineers, um, we should do the following. So now let me just um, state a clear example. So in my team, I'm responsible for enforcing um, software um, engineering best practices, right, and ethics, right. So as a manager or as a leader, you are supposed to lead your developers in the right direction, right. So if you're a leader and you're a manager and you're not having said discussions with your engineering teams, then you know that you might have a problem in future. Okay. Now you need to steer your engineering team to understand that this is best practices this is ethics this is this is ethical this is unethical right coders might not think in that in that like because their focus is just to put in a feature and just you know get out but once they start thinking in this direction they also start doing their research and at the end of the day we all end up building what a very good software so you should ensure good management for every project and um, that is being worked on including um, effective procedures of promotion um, of quality and reduction of risk so very important as a manager always discuss risk with your team usually I ask my team is there any risk is there any risk I keep asking because I am the one just um, talking to the client on timelines right and they are building the software so at the end of the day if there's a risk I should be aware that there's a risk then I need to be able to communicate that to the client. As I said, we need to be transparent. So you need to be able to communicate that to the client and first find the best approach, you know, to that. Um, an example is, um, let's say you are building a software, you are about to ship the software. This happened to us before. And all of a sudden, let's say it's an iOS, um, uh, an Apple uh, software or an, uh, an Apple app or an iOS app. Then all of a sudden what happens is um, Apple ships a new update you know just ships a new update once you do internal testing you have to tell your client wow this new update that apple just ship is actually breaking a b c d and e so even though we are set to go out now we have a huge risk because once you push this update a lot of um yes it will not be compatible we will have breaking changes we've experienced that where apple change i think in version 14 ios 14 changed the way they were implementing their cameras i put they brought better apis and it changed a lot of things because you know the devices are getting much better in terms of cameras they have four or five cameras and all that so they did a little work around their apis right so it was breaking our camera functionality so you need to let your client know that oh this is what is happening and if we ship we might break right you, the developers need to let the managers also know Sir, this is what is happening. If we ship, we will break. And you, the engineer, as well, the manager need to carry that to your client. So as much as possible, you can find a way to reduce the risk. It's very, very important. And some of the some of the risk, um, they might just appear suddenly. We need to communicate them and find the best way around it. So risk communication is very important um, on the managerial level. So you should also ensure as a manager that software engineers are informed of standard before being held to them so that's why you need to constantly train your team on what is best and what is right what is correct and what is wrong you can't hold somebody to a standard if you've not 
um, inform them about it or you not carry them through any training process okay probably what we are discussing your engineers are not aware about it but because tomorrow an issue arises and there's an escalation on the client level then you begin to breathe down your engineers neck you're not supposed to do this do that do this what this point is saying is that you need to be able to let your engineers be aware of these standards before you can hold them accountable to it so as a manager if you are not communicating this to your engineers please do not get up and tell them that this is what they are supposed to do this because we just assume they are not aware of these processes so you need to carry out that education it's very important as a manager and um, there are a couple of points i might not be able to go through all um, you should be able to offer fair and just remuneration developers are motivated by um, or not only developers even managers are even motivated by remuneration everybody actually is motivated by remuneration so at the end of the day you should be able to um, give your developers what you are worth okay so I personally have this concept in my team where I always say that we grow together so once the company is growing everybody experiences the growth I mean as we go so growth in your pocket as we go so we work together as a team and we all get to a point where we can all enjoy you know labors of our hard work so as a manager you should be able to give engineers what they are doing because it's not easy finding engineers who are loyal and dedicated and want to obey best practices and to follow your lead and be ethical and everything so once you're able to identify such talent you should be able to first of all put them in the right direction of knowing what is right what is wrong and you sh- you should only hold them accountable when you've always you already done that knowledge passing then secondly you can now um you need to motivate them okay uh, with remun- remuneration so that's what the acm is saying because engineers if not motivated most of these unethical practices that happen if you look behind it the issue is always money mostly it's either money or ego <laughs> it's either money or ego so probably something happens and this developer wants to get whatever then he decides to go and delete like the I'm whole repository <laughs> you know so as a man <laughs> so as a manager these are things you need to be aware of because these are guys that are actually handling the code and are responsible for the code and actually writing the code so they might you might want to treat them well and you might want to guide them in the right way so that they know what is right from wrong you know so so that somebody doesn't just end up deleting a repository and at the end of the day it affects the whole world like what happened on the npm use case the guy decided to just remove his repository and it was it, it broke the whole internet because uh that that library was called left pad so a lot of frameworks and libraries were depending on other frameworks that were depending on depending on depend and they all were using left pad so when that guy decided to get pissed off and he just deleted his repository the whole internet broke i'll probably share a link to that you can read that as well it's, it's interesting so in a way I'll, I'll probably just pose that question was that ethical of the developer or was that unethical um he had an issue with a company that wanted to use um that same name he was using and um the company brought in their lawyers and said hey you know what 
um, we, we want to take this thing for our client and the guy was like okay pay me 30,000 USD and I'll give you the name and they decided to go the aggressive route the company because NPM was also trying to I think mm. lean on their company side because that was a corporate and the guy was like okay well let me just delete my repository <laughs> he deleted it and <laughs> the whole internet got broken so it was a very interesting scenario so the question is was that ethical or was that unethical it's for you to judge well let's continue <laughs> so um where are we so that's under managers so that's what managers are supposed to do um any other interesting one under managers yes you should not punish anyone for expressing ethical concerns about their project if you're a manager and an engineer comes and says um, hey sir I believe what we are doing is not the right way to do it because it's going to jeopardize human life it's going to have an effect on our environment or sir this software that we are building and we are going to install into these planes is not ready and we've done our test and we've seen that we need to carry on more tests because all our tests are failing and the plane is not able to um, behave the way it's supposed to behave when um, it's in flight so sir can we please withdraw and uh, can we push back the the delivery timeline because this might be an issue so you should be able to come out as an engineer and you a manager shouldn't punish any engineer for coming out you know saying what is ethical you don't need to punish an engineer for that because he's being ethical and he's drawing attention to what is going to cost human life uh, or this uh, dangerous to the public so at the end of the day you should be able to listen to that engineer and do not say that i'm going to suck you because of that so that's very important for managers okay so let's look at the sixth principle profession so um, acm is saying software engineers shall advance their integrity and reputation of the profession consistent with public interest <laughs> our friend public interest is here again i hope you can see that yeah in particular software engineers shall okay we'll talk about that do the following so it's very important that you see what you see yourself as a professional okay you could probably google what a professional means you should see yourself as a professional now a professional takes his work seriously a professional follows principles a professional is disciplined okay so see yourself as a professional don't see yourself as a just somebody trying to do something you're a professional and you should operate in a certain way okay so it's very important that engineers obey um, our engineering practice as a profession which is consistent with public interest so help so we are supposed to do things like um, help and develop organizational environmental uh, help develop an organization's environment favorable to acting ethically okay so if you look at the previous point they were saying that um, you should not punish anybody for coming out with any um, um, or voicing out any unethical yeah so now this point is saying we're looking at our practice as a profession what we need to do is we need to be able to um, sort of help people or create that environment okay so in your organization create an environment 
where people can come and voice out don't create an environment where developers are not allowed to talk right so for me i always have a problem if engineers are not communicating i feel like there's an issue or there's a problem so i always ask for input i try not to impose okay we are building together we all have technical abilities so everybody bring together your input let's evaluate it and let's see how we can build a system together so in my team we will try not to practice the architectural matrices kind of one god has the uh, access to the whole system one or one god is in charge of the whole project if he says move this direction we all move if he says no everybody is so we create an environment where everybody can mm. say so we actually even vote so like one of the team we had a team called this morning where we had to vote uh, so what was happening is we are deploying a mobile solution for a client and that mobile solution will only be used by the client so my question was are we deploying this on the play store or we should just give the client a link in their backend portal where we can be releasing updates and they download it because my idea was if we we deploy it on play store 0.0000 less than 0.001% of people in Play Store are going to be accessing it because it's not for people on the Play Store, right? It's not for general consumption, it's just for a particular enterprise. So we had to vote on how we're going to deploy the app. Then uh, somebody made an input saying that um, usually links are very cumbersome in installing apps because you have to install it, then you have to go and turn on privacy or what, what, what. To allow you to install that app because it's not coming for the play store then we said okay we are going to look for a way we can deploy it to the play store but we are going to make it closed so we are going to experiment the closed user testing for deploying for that particular customer so what it means is going to be on the play store but if you don't have that email added as a closed test you didn't have access to the app so i had to vote like let's vote and let's see which one wins you know, so let everybody bring together their input. So always create such an environment as an engineer, because engineering is a scientific process which involves communication. So you shouldn't be an architectural matrices when sitting one corner, design everything, and come and just want developers to be like minions just to you know follow <laughs> follow your your design pattern. You need to also ask for contribution from your engineers and see how best you know you create an environment that everybody can contribute. So that's very important. Um, so I think um, we should, that is it for profession. So we should obey all laws governing our works unless exceptional circumstances such as compliance and inconsistent okay. public interest. Public interest is here again. So if you are building an application, yeah, if you are building an application in the health industry, so like an example, we are building an application that's going for copper certification. And copper has a certain, uh, in the US, they have certain guiding rules whereby we are building an application for students. You're not supposed to be storing emails. You're not supposed to be storing this and that and that and that. So whichever um, body you are working with, you need to be able to be sure that you go with your guidelines. It's very important. So let's quickly move to the next step, probably because of time. Um, last but one is colleagues. Software engineers shall be fair and supportive of their colleagues. In particular, software engineers uh, shall encourage colleagues to adhere to this code. So if you're an engineer and you're a manager, you create a good environment and atmosphere for your engineers to voice out on ethical issues 
if you are a colleague you should talk to your friend uh, with this package you are using uh, is it malicious probably there was an issue i read it somewhere that we are setting back doors here uh, let's not use it let's go for this version this is more secure than our client to be safe you should be able to encourage your your, your colleagues to do uh, practice um, ethical development okay you should assist your colleagues in professional development if you are working with colleagues and their colleagues have issues in terms of their development you should be able to assist them okay um, it's it's it, it's a it's a it's a group thing software development we build software in groups so we should be able to assist each other try and do peer programming if you have a problem seek the other developers opinion and see what happens anytime we communicate um, it's easier for us to um, 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 carry out this whole best practice of being ethical okay so credit fully the work of others and refrain from taking undue credit very very important as an engineer um, anytime I have to do a presentation on behalf of my my team I always let the customer know that this is the good work of some engineers that I'm working with that builders I don't take credit and say hey I built this yes I'm the champion over this system no um, I rely a lot on the engineers I work with because they do mostly everything in terms of the practical coding so I need to make sure that I give them the credit when it's due it's very important as a professional don't that's a way of motivating your team so sometimes I'm on a call with one of my team members and a client says hey Frank you guys you you did very well on this I say oh you know what I didn't work on this it was Kwame that did this you know or it was Daniel that worked on this part oh Daniel wow that was good I wouldn't take the credit for myself it's very important because as a leader if you take credit for yourself you uh, I don't know what the word yeah, is you sort of like demotivate your engineers from doing the best imagine you have a manager who is always taking credit for everything you do you go and do the presentation yes he's a manager so he gets to mostly do the presentation that is his that is his side of the job right but at the end of the day put the credits and let the customer or the end person know or whoever is doing the presentation know that there's an awesome team behind whatever you built it's very important because some of the issues in the unethical practice if you look um, at some of the use cases you realize that some of it is because somebody was taking all the credit so this guy's like eh okay now you did take all the credit Abby <laughs> oh yeah delete. <laughs> it's just it's just one simple action like this hitting enter <laughs> he will just you know clear everything or probably make your life complicated as a manager right because you are not giving him credit and at the end of the day you lose the client lose the company loses and he the developer loses as well so in order to prevent all these issues we need to be able to understand it so the ethical practice of engineering is very very interesting it's it, it's an area that i'm really trying to advocate for so that we can grow engineering teams that understand all these things and we can build some awesome software in africa okay so in situation um, outside your own area of competence call upon the opinions of other professions who have competence in that area i'll go back to medicine i always tell my team that i see software development as a surgical operation right where you have probably different surgeons specialized in certain areas or coming together 
trying to have like uh, uh, a successful operation right mm-hmm. first of all it doesn't take one person to do it all somebody needs to cut somebody needs to hold you know somebody is good with probably veins somebody is good with anesthetics right it doesn't mean that the person who is uh, doing the anesthetics is less important mm-hmm. if he doesn't give the client the right dosage he kills him because <laughs> he needs to know the right dosage yeah or you'll be the, the the patient will be in the surgery and you just wake up like all oh, the says he just wakes up and during the middle of probably an operation can you imagine so um it's very important that we as engineers um are able to call on the competence of others right so if there's an issue you are faced with and you know there's another professional there's a guy who is very good in databases right he's a serious database guru right and you have to work with him you could consult him his experience and work with that person that's how professionals work um, if there's somebody who is good in distributed computing right don't sit there and try and do your own distributed computing if you have a big project you can consult that person oh i have this client who says he wants this and he wants it to be highly available what is the best way i can go around it probably i know how to deploy to Azure and that is it but there's somebody who is very focused in making things very scalable and highly available consult the person so as a professional you should be able to consult you know in terms of um, 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 other areas that you are not vested in that's what doctors actually do when you go in and diagnose and realize that this is a heart case you go to the surgeon whoever is expecting the heart or whatever and say this these are the x-rays um, what do you think of this diagnostics then they listen from that specialist they take the information before they're able to carry out what they need to do so in the same way we should also go about our practice now the last point we have here is self <laughs> s-e-l-f s-e-l-f <laughs> s-e-l-f l-f yeah the, my brain was getting confused so s-e-l-f so self very important so software engineers shall participate in lifelong learning the word is lifelong learning regarding the practice of their profession and they shall promote an ethical approach to the practice of their profession in particular software engineers shall further their knowledge in development analysis specification design maintenance testing a software related document together with the management of the development process this is very very important because if you don't continuously upgrade yourself right you technology is moving so fast that the tech from yesterday might not be the tech for today tomorrow today they are saying uh, mdf5 encryption is not the best uh, tomorrow they will say hey let's move to shawan you move to shawan they say hey you know what shawan has some small now it's sha2 you know the same thing they will say for tcp and tls and all those protocols so once you keep studying and you understand them even though the old ones are still there because they are relevant for certain scenarios but because you understand it you apply what is most suitable so if a client wants to build a highly encrypted environment you go and use md5 you know because even though md5 is still existed it's not been uh, outmoded or obsolete for a reason right so you go for the best encryption whether it's aes or, or whatever it is that fits you 
right and you use that okay so the so the thing is that we as an engineer you need to understand that it's a continuous process everything the software engineering life cycle is a scientific process science changes because the earth itself changes in terms of uh, how things today the climate back in the days is not the same as the climate now you know things are adjusting the way we ate before is not the way we eat now so the way software behaves then is not the way software behaves now and it's not the way it's going to behave in the future so as a good engineer you need to always build a habit of continuously investing in what you do in terms of um your your your, your software process you need to be able to understand um all these things uh, let me see if i can pick an interesting one so improve ability to produce accurate informative and well-written documentation so there's another interesting part because it's a scientific process what happens in science um they do their research they come up with something and there's always some writing or some finding hey that's what we found that's how you can go around it if you want so the same thing for software engineering at the end of the day where's your documentation you've built a system there's no documentation how does somebody take over it i've taken over a system without documentation before and trust me it's a lot of headache you have to read the code and try and understand what somebody has written because you don't know how the person was feeling then i mean when i used to do a lot of active development my code might change depending on how i feel <laughs> so <laughs> so you need to be able to document your code you know be able to document everything you do because we have a scientific process so you can hand that document to another person and say this is what we built this is what we found take it understand it and build on it and make it better okay so we should be able to also learn how to document all these technologies we use are being documented if the engineers who are working on it didn't have a scientific approach no, they wouldn't have thought of documenting after building it they would say <laughs> oh yeah repository in our hand yes figure it out i hate that if somebody tells you figure it out they give you a source code and tell you oh well i inherited it i did my part you also take it and just figure it out there's no documentation so that's what we need to do we need to be able to um put all these things in practice and once we put it in practice it makes us a professional it makes us an ethical engineer and we'll be able to build software for the good of mankind we'll be able to build software that doesn't harm the environment and um, that is the next thing we'll probably be talking about in another time sustainable software engineering you realize that you can actually build right code that can harm the environment and i'll show you how that is possible so yes um that's what i have for us today um so let's all take this if there are any questions we could you know probably put it in the various channels and let's start discussing together how to become ethical engineers and how to promote the ethical practice of being you know software uh, engineers thank you very much thank you Mr. very much sir chief executive frank that is packed and really really loaded and at least we've known at least now if you did not learn anything at least now you should be able to know the difference between a software engineer and a programmer <laughs> then of course know that the apps you're building the software you're writing yeah. is supposed to first be the public interest then of course your employer your manager should know that they should pay you well you should document documentation properly and all those kind of things if you have any question whatsoever shoot it at me twitter is there youtube is there the podcast platform 
uh shoot your questions out we'll be able to get to them and actually answer them and actually mr frank is coming back on the show so that is one thing we're talking about how to write code that saves the environment so that we don't write code that you know everyone is just eating up and all that how do we write yeah. code that actually productive and helps us conserve the environment we're talking about about that in future episodes so subscribe like follow whatever thing your podcast platform or your video platform gives you do that thing so that you get notified when that episode comes on mr frank thanks very much for coming i know this is our second try at recording this <laughs> this episode and i think this one is very very much better so uh <laughs> if you're seeing this right now it means we did it right <laughs> yeah uh... <laughs> right so thanks very much for coming <laughs> Yeah. And credits to Sam Studios. <laughs> thank as you, you can Sam. see I'm recording for Sam Studio. <laughs> so um thank you, Sam, for giving us the yeah, equipment right. so, to make Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh we'll call on you again when we are ready to record that episode. Thank and you, too, sir. As I tell you, till I come your way again with another exciting episode and another guest on the show, stay safe, keep Devi, and goodbye.